0: Purchase Pro podcast. This is the only podcast that dives deep into post purchase marketing to help Amazon sellers increase sales, ranking, reviews, and profits. It's everything that happens after the initial sale that makes a difference. We call this the back end. Hello, hello, and welcome. This is Sean Hart, one of your hosts of the Post Purchase podcast. I have a very special guest today. And again, I must tell you, David, that my partner in crime, Seth, can't be here today unfortunately his uh, wife had to have a doctor's appointment and uh, that's where he's at so i have to handle all these budget buttons and gadgets and technology over here on my own so forgive me i am going to make a mistake but i think we're off to a good start i want to welcome mr david Fairley. now i'm going to let you toot your own horn here in a second but first of all i want to welcome you to the post-purchase podcast david is founder and president of website properties.com he's what seth says is an OG, like you were around before the internet was cool, and I want to be the first to (laughs) welcome you to the post-purchase podcast. David, say hello. Thank you, Sean. Great to be here. Pleasure. Looking forward to
1: this conversation.
0: Definitely. uh, I am as well, especially, uh, you know, Seth and I are completely addicted, David, to creating businesses and then exiting. Uh, Right now, we've had 17 exits under our belt in the last eight years, so it's it's almost a, a way of life at this point. Our podcast is uh, sponsored in part by Gatita, our friends at Gatina. Uh, Gatita are handling maximum refunds with uh, data-driven technology. Maybe you, you're aware of them, David, but uh, we love Yoni and his team over there at Gatita. So welcome again, David, to the Post-Purchase Podcast. And today we're going to talk about optimizing your FBA business for your inevitable exit. It's not a matter of if, but a matter of when. If you stick around long enough, when you have a successful business, someone's going to come along and make you an offer you can't refuse, right, David?
1: Exactly. <laughs> it's, yeah, and that's what we're we're here to help people. Uh, we, as you mentioned, we've been we're one of the uh, original gangsters in the space. I started myself online. I'm an internet entrepreneur. Um, going back, starting around the same time that actually Amazon got started with Jeff Bezos in his garage up in Seattle. That's kind of when we uh, entered the scene. I was uh, selling hammocks, and that turned into. Hammocks.com, which was I, I exited in 2002, and uh, what led me into the brokerage business was actually trying to find someone that understood uh, the uh, fundamentals and the valuations of businesses that were online. And uh, long story short, I ended up representing myself and and had to go through those uh, some of those pitfalls. But uh, uh, over time, I ended up representing other people in the space and uh, website properties. Grew from that, from uh, and has been. We've been a- active in the market for 20 years now, and dealt with a lot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we've seen a lot of interesting uh, niche businesses created online. And of course, in the last 10 years, with the advent of Amazon's FBA program, it's just been exploding with uh, you know wonderful opportunities and great businesses created rapidly by folks like yourself and 17 17 exits that's incredible you guys this is you, you guys are uh, you sh- could be brokers yourself by uh, by the sounds of it at this
0: point yeah it <laughs> sounds like it um, uh, we we love uh, growing and selling businesses we love taking that low hanging fruit that those early double digit growth and uh, you know after two or three years always get bored no matter what the brand is right now we're building an exactly. agency for those of you that are watching the live stream uh, david right now we're streaming live on facebook on Let's see, LinkedIn, we have uh, two YouTube channels going and Twitter. So this is being streamed live as we speak. The audio version will be produced here in a few weeks and uh, go out there on all your favorite podcast platforms. So we'll share that with you. If you are streaming this, if you're if you're watching live and you you're growing a brand now, specifically a physical product brand using the FBA uh, system at Amazon, then don't go anywhere because we're going to pick David's brain here about getting maximum enterprise value and taking the maximum amount of cash that you can based on the, the structure of the deal that you put together. So David, what is your, this is your first question what's the biggest mistake that you see a lot of Amazon sellers make when they're prepping their brand for an exit?
1: yeah uh, I think the main thing is just uh well, fundamentally the most important thing that buyers look at is is just clean they're looking for clean financials uh, Amazon thankfully is uh, the third party platform most of the data and revenue detail is easy to extract, but it's also just managing uh, your numbers through your QuickBooks and you know you're aligning things up with your banking statements and whatnot so that you can get through when you do go uh, get into negotiations and get an agreement you have to get through due diligence no matter what. So the, the foundational element is always, um, you know, just making sure that your finances are clean. And one of the things that people make the mistake of doing um, is they, they, like you, there's a lot of serial entrepreneurs out there and that they've got so many ideas. They end up uh, developing multiple different businesses, different brands, and they throw it all under one company. Um, and it's they're not always interested in selling uh, all of their assets at once. And so they've got these commingled financials. So we always recommend like that become, that can become a real, you know, we're very challenging when you start looking at tax returns and, uh, a lot of the deals and offers, uh, that are coming in now in this marketplace are, you know, offering SBA or wanting to use SBA lending and you've got to have clean tax returns. And, and so I think that's just a fundamental place to start from there. Um, there's a number of other um, attributes that we recommend um, our clients pursue or an Amazon uh, sellers, particularly, we can go through that. I'll just pause for a second, just to get your feedback for a second and then we can jump into some of the other uh, fundamentals that we, you know, <laughs> that really the buyers are asking for. I think the main thing is not to like, there's plenty of regurgitated content out there about the 10, you know, steps and 10 things to do this. It's really just most of it's common sense, but um, you know, there are specific things that, that Amazon buyers are looking for that we can touch on.
0: Great. So I sold my first business at 27 years old, and it was it was an easy thing to do because I sold out to one of my partners. So simple, right? Um, I called an exit, put a notch in my belt, made way too much money for a 27-year-old idiot <laughs> kid, but it kind of uh, it put a fire in me to try this again. So I didn't have my next exit until I was, uh, let's see, 36. So nine years later, I sold a massive business to private equity. And the number one thing that held up due diligence in all of this was our books were just not clean. I was launching products like, you know, throwing mud against the wall, firing this and that and the other thing. I mean, whenever we got sued by FTC, they didn't know which company to come after because we were omnipresent with our brands. So... When we first started building Amazon businesses to exit, that's the very first thing, David, that I told my business partner, Seth. I said, make sure that our books are clean. I was mentoring him. He was in his 20s, and he didn't know what I was talking about until we went to sell our first brand, and it took way, way, way too long. So really good, solid advice there. In your opinion, David, what's the toughest barrier for sellers to overcome when they decide they want to sell their brand?
1: I think it's uh, emotional attachment to their business. I mean, I think what you were saying earlier, we work with a lot of serial entrepreneurs and I'm kind of like that too. I'm amazed that I've been at this business for 20 years because of the way my brain works. But a lot of it is just um, being clear about what your goals are. Uh, And, you know, some people have the strategy, I'm just going to build and keep operating and, and then, you know, add on and bolt on other, there's other people that get to a certain stage and get bored or they've, you know, ramped it up and got those rapid, um, you know, uh, uh, increases in in revenue and profits and, and they want to move on to the next, uh, next step. So the first step is always just being really, really clear about your intentions. If you're on the fence or you're not sure, you're thinking maybe I should do this, maybe, you know, that inevitably ends up being trouble down the road. Like we've had, of course, situations which are heartbreaking where buyers, you know, drop out after not getting through due diligence or not being comfortable enough, but it's the sellers that, uh, you know, change their mind at the very last minute and, you know, so often uh, cut off their nose to spite their face. So I think the starting off, you, you really want to be clear about your goals. Uh, it could be evaluation exit uh, number or just a timeline um, or just, you know, you want it, you're done. And, and I think that's one of the things we really work on up front is making sure that our clients have that uh, clarity in mind uh, in terms of what their, their goal is, because without that, it just, it, it can go off the rails pretty quickly. Um, you know, as far as, as, uh, as far as building a business or going through the life cycle of the business, you know, we always tell people like it's better to start thinking about your exit at the beginning than when you're already down the road because it's, there's so many things you can do that are you know just add value and uh, you know that are easy, low hanging fruit as you said. You know, some of that is just you know establishing a solid brand. that's you know you've got your trademarks in place. If you're protecting any IP, you know, some people get on there and they, you know, a lot of the Amazon sellers are white labeling and bringing stuff in from China and overseas and it just gets knocked off really quickly. And you have to try and I think that one of the things buyers really love is when there's IP, there's proprietary elements and there's some sort of mode around the business. um, And that will add immensely to your valuation just by having really strong brand focusing and and try to create barriers uh, and protect your you Know your product line, um, you know, so that's that's a huge, a huge element of valuation. Um, obviously, the other thing from the financial standpoint, people buyers like to see a strong trend, they want to see year over year, um, stability or up, you know, growth, and they want to see, uh, you know, margins, decent margins. What we found is that, you know, on the low end, you see some of the sellers grinding it out for. You know, six to eight percent, and then other sellers that have strong margins are 25 to 30 percent. And, you know, that's something that you want to, you don't want to just get into a price war uh, where you're not making any money because that's not going to, you know, that doesn't help you in the long run. So, uh, certainly, the trend is your friend. The um, financials are the place where. Uh, you know, the bottom line is what the multiples based off of, and other fundamentals like I said, branding, and you know, <laughs> the, uh, some of your your strategic relationships with your suppliers and whatnot are going to come into play.
0: I, I love this. This is this is my favorite interview today, and I've already this is number four. So basically yeah. don't yeah. wait and wake up one day and decide, Hey, I'm going to go sell my business and then be uh, subject to all of the work and, and getting things prepped to sell. Like when we create a business from this point, from day one, before we do anything, before we even talk about the, the plan, it's number one, Hey, we're all on the same page. We're going to build a for-profit business with the specific goal in mind to sell this business. So everything that we do now, you know, when we're building the business is focused on getting that highest valuation possible. You know, we're doing exactly. contractual revenue, monthly recurring, I mean, super sticky product and service. Um, you know, uh, you have threw out a lot of golden nuggets there already. We're not going to have enough time today to unpack every one of those, <laughs> but there are certain levers and buttons that you can press and pull to increase your enterprise value and to increase because at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters, Dave, is how much money's in my pocket when we close this deal? You know, regardless of the structure, we always want to maximize. I mean, this is my uh, bread and butter. This is how we approach it. We always want to maximize how much cash we walk away from the table with because tomorrow is a gift, right? (laughs) It's uh, the the future of the business is a maybe. And I've sold businesses to massive private equity companies and kept, you know, 15, 20 percent so I can take another bite down the road. And that, that 15 to 20% equity went to nothing, you know, and earnouts are based on profitability. If you get an idiot in there managing the business, yeah. what? Yeah. you're not going to get any earnouts. So well,
1: I, I love all of that, the- And that's a great, great point because, you know, there's plenty of deals that are out there and offers and it just depends on the, in the marketplace. I mean, currently 2022 has been so far quite a brutal year overall. We went from sort of five or six years of booming uh, and particularly 2021 was a huge boon with, the, uh, you know, with the um, pandemic and everyone sort of shifting their focus online. But, um, you know, once fear enters the market, I've been doing this long enough. I saw, you know, I was involved with the 2000 tech bubble uh, burst and then the 20, 2008 Lehman Brothers burst. And, you know, when and now we've had this hasn't been a burst, but there's been quite a bit of uh you know, the macro environment has gotten pretty ugly. People are losing money, and there's a lot I fear of interest in the market. And so uh, and liquidity starts shrinking up. So it's really important to sort of look at the kind of deals that are coming. And, you know, like you said, you can get a fantastic multiple. Some you know, people wave around, oh, I got 7 or 10x. Well, they get 2x up front and 7 on the back end with, a, you know, some of these aggregators that have been promising the world. And now they're in a you know, heap of trouble. The markets have turned. And people are, you know, crying about not getting their earnouts and getting, you know, so there's a lot. You have to adjust for risk. The best kind of deal is a cash deal, um, you know, obviously because there's you eliminate all the risk. But there's some give and take. You have to look at who's buying the business. Are they a competent operator? Yeah. What's their history? What's their background? You have to weigh all those things when you're going to negotiate a deal. But our our goal is to. Is to optimize that and to de-risk as much, mitigate the risk of our clients as much as possible. But you do have to find a balance. I mean, in this market now, it's tough. You know, like I said, liquidity is uh, shrunken up since uh, uh, last year, and so there's a lot of people coming in, make you know, wanting to get leverage and get SBA lending and whatnot. And that goes back to having good, you know, having tax returns and and having um, siloed your your businesses, <laughs> you know, rather than commingling everything. So they're all, all that is entwined.
0: We've always been a victim of co-mingling. So in my opinion, we're, we're going to talk about some fun stuff here, but the way I always look at this when we, when we structure a deal, if I can walk away from the closing with the money, the only money that I'm ever going to see out of the deal and be happy if I never see another dime, to me, that's a good deal. Obviously, yeah. cash is king. So in a, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to to talk about, a case study that you might've had, you know, obviously we have to, we have to remain anonymous when we talk about these particular uh, cases, but before we do that, we're going to do something fun. I have a little uh, mid roll uh, reel here. I'm going to ask folks to go review the podcast. So bear with me just a moment. As you know, Seth and I don't sell anything on the show at the post-purchase podcast. So why don't you do us a favor right now? If you'll just go to your favorite podcast platform and just like us and review us, write us a review, give us a star rating. We'd sure appreciate it. And it will help other entrepreneurs like you easily find our show. Thank you. Okay. So uh, let me check the question box here. we got some comments coming in. Uh, looks like a bunch of spam. So go ahead if you would, uh, David, <laughs> answer this. Let's talk about a case study, a win that you've had that otherwise your client may not have had that big of a win if they had not engaged your company.
1: Sure. There's so many, um, you know, our goal from the beginning is always trying to over-deliver. We don't try and inflate any, um, you know, try to sell our services up front and, and uh, inflate valuations, but we, we love uh, delivering great results. We had a, an Amazon seller. One of the things that we do well and because of our longevity, we, we have clients all over the world. We have sellers from all over the world working on Amazon. That's what's so thrilling about this. And, and of course, buyers all over the world. And one of the deals we did um, um, fairly recently uh, was a transaction with a seller, an Amazon seller that had uh, two SKUs. Um, <clears throat> they were from Pakistan. They built this business up to uh, where they're doing seven figures, and uh, a serious seven figures uh, to a month and we ended up a um you know the the problem with um some business like that is that there's a the the product wasn't patented and it wasn't protected there was a lot of knockoffs but uh the momentum was there um we we got the the business out onto the market and ended up uh transacting with a nasdaq public traded company for uh a, a low eight figure transaction all in cash which was, it's pretty rare to get an eight figure deal done. It took, um, it did take, uh, you know, I think six or seven months to finally conclude the deal. Wow! Uh, and so this is the one, you know, that that's one of the things you have to be patient. You know, not every deal gets closed in a week, uh, especially larger transactions uh, with sophisticated buyers. But, um, you know, in generally, in general, like you're not, we're giving, what we do well is we, we protect our client and get them access to buyers where they would never have that opportunity. And you don't want to go up against a public traded company or a or a VC or a hedge fund and not know what you're doing. Um, you know, there's just all sorts of pitfalls and negotiation tactics that these companies use. And they often try and go directly to the, you know, a lot of Amazon sellers because they know that they're trying to avoid the broker being involved and, and you know, convincing their, the seller that they shouldn't take the deal, which... A lot of times, like you said, like it's better to get if you can get a deal done where you're getting the cash you wanted, then any upside or earn out or seller note is just going to be gravy, and that's really what I the agree. goal is. If you can, if you can get 100% for your company up front, then you've built a beautiful company. You've met, you know, you've you've checked all the boxes off that buyers are looking for. You've got, you know, you don't have thousands of SKUs. You've got, you know, a, a, a decent uh, array of, uh, of products that are selling. You've got Reordering, um, you've got a, a straw Like what you guys are doing is brilliant. A lot of the things that we hear from, you know, uh, against Amazon businesses is that you don't you don't own your you don't own your uh, <laughs> customer list. Amazon does, and and so this type of uh, deal that you're doing and teaching um, Amazon sellers this is huge because. This is the difference why people don't buy an Amazon and they'll buy a a Shopify business or a WooCommerce because those tip businesses typically are doing a lot more direct marketing and they control their customer list. Did you hear what David said? This is huge Yes, because Amazon puts
0: that wall up between the buyer and the seller. So the better relationship you can have with the end user, the more valuable your business is, right? Yeah.
1: And this is an asset of the business. When you own your list and you can market to that list regularly, that's the low hanging fruit. That's, you know, again, the eighty twenty rule. If you've already sold to a customer and you satisfied them and given them a, a great value. Their their likelihood of buying from you again is extremely high. It's a lot easier to sell to that person than it is to try and get another customer.
0: And, it's and a so you, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's ten times more expensive on average for us to go find a new customer than it is to just sell our existing customers. Can you yeah. give us a little history about why you created website properties? I know you told me that before when we were in the green room. But sure. Mm-hmm. Now that we're live, tell folks where you came from and why you decided to create this.
1: Right. So as I as mentioned earlier, I I, uh, I had had uh, been traveling uh, after uh university and i had come across these hammocks from mexico fell in love with them ended up thinking "Oh, i'm going to bring these back and sell them and i started off doing that and it kind of went from fairs and festivals to malls and then uh, on mail order and then when the internet came along i was like oh my god i've got to you know this is exactly what i need to do so uh i got online like mid 90s and built built what turned into hammocks.com um, into a seven figure business. And I was, um, I had two young kids and decided I wanted to exit and take a break. And when I went, went to look for uh, someone to broker the business, like I said earlier, there was just no one at the time that understood the fundamentals. So I ended up representing myself. I sold to a large company, which turned into Hayneedle. Uh, I sold, uh, they're the equivalent of what Wayfair is. And I also wow. sold, I, I had, after I sold hammocks.com, um, I didn't, you know, I made a deal that had a back end that never got realized. They wrote a 65 Welcome page. Welcome to the
0: club. <laughs> yeah.
1: 65-page um contract that never got realized. I kind of call you know,
0: that the wiggle clause.
1: <laughs> yeah. The wiggle clause really kind of like that was the that was the one thing I regretted, but I it really fueled my motivation to help other entrepreneurs. And that's really where I get my that's the why that drives me. I mean, I I you have I think you have to find purpose and what you do to, to drive that, to have the passion. And like you guys, you have the passion to help your fellow Amazonians. And like myself, I'm, I'm first and foremost, an internet entrepreneur, and I want to help people with one of them. Don't what, say that out offering. loud, David. <laughs> one You're of the most. Internet,
0: uh... <laughs> I'm an internet marketer, man. But you know, uh, usually I go around telling people I play piano in a brothel because it's a lot more, uh, <laughs> it's a lot easier to digest and a lot more socially acceptable. I love yeah. the wiggle claws, man. I tell you what, I collected. This is funny. My my second exit was eight figure exit. You know, I'm 36 years old, way more money than I deserve. God loves me and continues <laughs> to bless. Right, thankfully, but all that clean living. Apparently, something. So <laughs> basically, this. Uh, I left fifty thousand dollars in the in the bank account, just you know, so they can make payroll and you know during the transition. And so they give me a position. We're going to give you $10,000 a week as a consultant to sit in here in our boring meetings and, and tell us what you used to do. Well, after exactly five weeks of my $10,000 per week consulting, they said, all right, we don't need you anymore. So basically I got my 50 grand back and that 15% equity that I kept went to absolutely nothing and I didn't collect any earnouts. But I did walk away with plenty enough cash where I was happy. So uh, be careful of the wiggle clause. I, I just have to reiterate that. Who who right now, uh, David would be the perfect client for what you do at website properties.
1: Well, I mean, our, the range of businesses that we sell are largely between quarter million and up to a hundred million. I mean, there's, there's more, many more buyers in the, you know, half a million to 2 million range. There's lots of interest. There's a lot of like companies that are sucking up smaller deals where people have reached their, that level that they can get to. And, uh, um, so, like we we treat everyone the same. If if someone comes in with a, a business that's a quarter million dollars, we're not going to do anything different than we would with someone that's got a twenty five million dollar business. We we have buyers for every range. Um, the the larger the deal, the more sophisticated the buyers are, and the transactions can get a little more complicated. But uh, the, you know, for us, the ideal client is an is uh, is an online business, a digital business. Obviously, Amazon FBA businesses are are highly in demand. I mean, currently, uh, one of the points that you know the the questions we get or the needs feedback we get are from buyers. Are are they looking for? You know, they don't want businesses that have thousands and thousands of SKUs to manage. They're looking for really clean, um, niche-focused brands that have done a good job with protecting their IP and have some sort of unique proprietary elements, and maybe and a a large addressable market. So those are things that um, you know for sellers to think about. But ultimately, for us. Um, you know, we've been in this for 20 years. We've collected, we have a, a large, uh, double opt-in subscriber list. It's very targeted. It's a, over 40,000. Um, much. I and mean, buyers. these are buyers. These are, these are buyers. These are, these are VCs, uh, private equity, internet entrepreneurs, all the aggregators. So um, let me get just, this
0: straight. So you actually have 40,000 person list of a, a captivated audience, double yes. opt-in of buyers who are ready and willing to write checks when a business goes up for sale. Did you guys hear that? David is the man he's got, he's (laughs) locked and loaded and ready to go. So when it comes time to prep your business, or if you need some advice or consulting on that, and you're ready to sell then website properties.com, you need to talk to David about this, David, if there's uh, one thing or one thought or idea that you want our listeners to take away today, what would that be?
1: Uh, just, (laughs) <laughs> just uh, stay focused on on your goal and, uh, um, you know, work hard. There's no real, you know, the, the the fundamental formula is just hard work pays off. Works, But work smart, utilize systems, follow people like uh, Sean and Post Purchase Podcast here because they're offering excellent advice and ways to build your business. And, you know, to, that's what build your business like you'd ultimately like to, you know, if you were to buy the business, you would. You would check all those boxes off, and uh, you know, just it, I think it's just do you know hard work, work smart, and someone's going to you know love your business. We what we do is that we're facilitators. The business should essentially sell on its own merits. You know, there's no magic formula. If you've got a great business, it's got great fundamentals. Someone's going to buy it, and they're going to pay handsomely for it. If you don't just operate from you know you know mediocre. Kind of standpoint. So,
0: love it. That's what we tell people who come into our post purchase pro program. We tell Amazon sellers look, if you're selling a product that people don't like, if you're selling a crappy product with a three star yeah. review, I can't help you. I've literally failed every single time. But if you're selling a product that people like, then I've never failed, not once. We know we can help you. What about yeah. the state of the market right now for sellers? I know uh, 2022 has been kind of crazy. Um, a lot of SaaS companies are in our space are getting are getting bought up by these aggregators. But what about yep. physical products? What, what's the state of the market? What are you seeing? Um, well, certainly twenty twenty two has been a downturn from previous years. I mean, there was so
1: much liquidity and so much stimulus, and people were throwing money around like crazy, and the multiples were higher. Um, you know, once fear in the general marketplace enters, it it definitely affects everybody. But there's certainly buyers out there. Um, physical products i mean like there's plenty of products that thrive in um in recessions and you know there's the the talk of recession 2023 whatever those you know there's a lot of fear porn out there you just i think you just got to uh you know products people are buying all the time i mean if you can if your product is something that's a necessity versus luxury you're going to have a an easier time going into a uh, into a recessionary period but uh you know there's buyers out there Quite frankly, there's so much um, uncertainty in the stock market, in the bond market, um, you know, with commodities and crypto. Everybody's like, where do I where do I invest my money? Well, people get start figuring out pretty quickly that a great place to invest your money where you can get command a twenty-five or thirty-five, forty percent return on investment is coming in and buying a cash flow positive business that's got solid fundamentals, good history, and is you know fair, relatively stable. That's a hell of an investment and it's a lot safer because you control it. You don't control what happens in the public markets. So there's a lot more risk. So I think. The, there's a lot of buyers that are coming back in. They understand that. And I think sellers just have to, have to understand, like, if you are sitting on cash with inflation eating away at this, you, you've got to put your money somewhere. And there's not a lot of places giving safe returns um, in this market, particularly. This is what we're pitching and we're finding investors are coming in in droves. And so, you know, yes, there's a lot of interest in SaaS. We sell a lot of SaaS businesses. There's a lot of aggregators because SaaS has. That subscription-based model, it's that monthly recurring revenue, and so for Amazon sellers that have, uh, you know, have the ability to, to sell products, renewables, um, a lot of supplement type uh, companies have this, um, you know, building a subscription-based model within your Amazon business is a really great avenue, and finally, I also think that you know, uh, the other thing is just is to diversify in other channels. Amazon's a great place to get started. It's a massive market you should be in there, but it there's also um, you know there's a lot a lot to be said for diversifying into you know other channels and you know e- internationally as well. Um, I
0: love it. and so, your own customer list. Don't forget your own customer list.
1: Yeah, and and utilize the, utilize the service. I mean this is uh, I I was I only became familiar with with uh, post purchase pro, uh, pro in the this past you know, several months, and I just think it's you know that's the killer ingredient because that was missing with a lot of Amazon businesses. You're right, and the, you know the dirty little secret: you don't own your you know your 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 most valuable asset, which is a customer. So exactly. this is this is this is an excellent strategy to pursue, and it's going to add value to anyone that pursues it.
0: So well, Uncle Jeff knows how valuable a customer is too. That's why they're hiding that from us. So I'm going to ask and- my last two favorite questions. These are just for fun, but before I do, here's a quick message. Hey there, it's Sean Hart. If you found the information on the post-purchase podcast useful and impactful for your business, do us a favor and your colleagues a favor. Share this like us and let others know how to find us on your social channels. We'd sure appreciate you. Now let's get back to the show. Thank you. Okay, David. So here's my question for you as a businessman. What's your all time favorite business book?
1: Uh, um, Well, there's, there's probably a couple. One of them may not be, you know, considered a business book, but I think it's fundamentally first principles. Um, that's Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. I think that really is an incredible book about just finding the, uh, the, you know, the big why in your life, what drives you, what motivates you, what keeps you, you know, um, moving forward despite, like, you know, incredible adversity. It's a great read. Um, but one of the another great book that I love that I relate to a lot is Grit by Angela Duckworth. Um, it's grit, power, of passion, and perseverance, and I think anyone that's an entrepreneur can relate to that. Just, it's not about being a genius. It's just, hard, you know, when it comes down to it, people that su- are successful are just grittier. They're they're grinders. They get in there, they roll up their sleeves, they they overcome, overcome, and overcome until they become. And that's that's the secret, I think, in any business. That's what I've seen. We've sold over 600 uh, businesses, close to uh, somewhere between half a billion and a billion dollars in sales over 20 years. We've had thousands of conversations. And really, it just down to just people that are passionate and hardworking are generally the most successful. It's pretty, Great. pretty straightforward.
0: So all this talk about business and making money and selling 600 businesses and you're throwing B words out there like billion this is my favorite, favorite question to end with. And that is what's something that you have purchased in the last year that may be considered a splurge by some, but David does not regret.
1: Well, I'm a, um, my, my altered ego is a, a rock star. I'm a drummer and, uh, I bought a, a beautiful, uh, new set of drums. Uh, that's my therapy. Um, after, after a long day and dealing with the emotions of uh, negotiating seven, eight figure deals, I, I, uh, that's my respite. It's where I go and, and uh, find a release and a lot of creativity. So um, I love that. It. I, it's finding finding a...
0: <laughs> What's that? Right, Respite by percussion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, is this the best email for folks to reach out to you? Um, dbar- yeah. at d- websiteproperties.com. D-
1: Absolutely. It's a great place. I'm happy to speak with anyone and set up calls. Uh, you know, like I said, we give free appraisals on businesses. We give free guidance. Uh, there's no pressure sales here. We're we're interested in working with people that want to sell and are motivated and have great businesses and you know, we're here to serve. That's what dri- you know drives me and that's what's kept me in this industry for 20 years. So I'm excited to speak with anyone that uh, you know, wants to tap our our wisdom and our archives
0: of Thank knowledge. Thank you so much, David, for taking the time to speak to our audience. I know the message is well received for those of you out there thinking about, well, this is my lifestyle business. This is my Uh, legacy. I don't want to sell it. Believe me when someone comes along and they're going to make you an offer that's so insanely good that you're almost going to feel stupid to walk away from it. It's better to have all your ducks in a row ahead of time. Even if you don't think you want to sell once you do make that transaction, hopefully you don't get bitten by the bug and become almost a sickness like Seth and myself. Like we, we can't even stand to do anything new without the thought of, all right, where are we at here? Three year, four year, five year exit. We're out of here with my entrepreneurial ADD. I can't stand it. <laughs> three years in, buddy. I don't care how good or bad it is. I'm ready to cash in and go somewhere else. And we just keep getting better at it. I'm feeling like post purchase pro is my magnum opus. Like this is this a beautiful business, a holy grail. <laughs> yeah, and, and we gotta yeah, love it. and we'll talk when you're. Let's talk
1: when you're when you're you getting should. ready to uh, have that exit. But I I I think that the um, you know what you said is like you got to be thinking about your exit. You you have to be clear on what your goals are. And listen, it's not a burden. Hand like if you run a business for three or four years and you can sell it and you get three or four five years worth of value out of it. That's that's a security in an uncertain world. And uh, you can always most entrepreneurs have a you know another ten ideas. And the experience and wisdom that they've gained from their first business, and as you can attest, it's it, you know, it's just the the fun of creation is that's what we find a lot. Of, most of the majority of entrepreneurs love the the creation of the business, the operations. You know, that's for. That's for a different mindset, but uh, that's for the other. Yeah, but it's a great feeling to get a you know, like it's like winning the lottery, and it's a huge moment, and that's why I love this business because it you really change people's lives, uh, as you know, like it's when you when you have that first big win, it, 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 it you can buy a house, you can buy property, you it just gives you freedom. It, it, it sure does. Maybe
0: covers your kids, you know, um, it feels good. It college, you as an entrepreneur it makes you feel like okay, now I've attained this, and then it becomes like a game. And and the yeah. way you're you're giving information and dropping these golden nuggets, David, instead of us playing in this someone else's card game you're giving us the ideas and the tools where we can be dealing the cards when we're, when we're building that business. And I, I super, super love that. We're definitely going to have you back on here. Normally we go 20 minutes, max. I can talk about selling businesses all day long. It's my passion. I love to create and grow. We love to go out there and create value in the world and get paid for it by serving others. And I I can tell that you have the same passion. So we're going to do this again, but don't go anywhere, David. I'm going to talk to you in just a moment. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Sean.